Hello and welcome to another Prestige Purchasing Podcast. I'm Stuart and I'm here with our chairman, David Reed. This month's edition is the first in a series of podcasts on the state of dairy supply in the UK. Earlier on today, Stuart and I drove down to the Bosch borders to meet with Lyndon Edwards, an organic dairy farmer. The visit was planned so that we could interview him about the dairy market and in particular how milk, cream, butter and cheese pricing could well become less volatile than it is today. Well, Lyndon is no ordinary dairy farmer. He's chairman of the UK Farmers Forum and a board member of Dairy UK, the Dairy Council and the Royal Association of British Dairy Farmers. So he felt sure that he would know his udders. But the visit, which encompassed his farm, his golf range, his farm shop, his cafe and offices, became, well, like his business, much more wide ranging. So, Lyndon, tell us a bit about your your business uh, here down near Chepstow. Okay, well, it's uh, it's been a dairy farm. It was my uh, parents started it from a green field, so they built all the buildings and uh, and started to buy some cattle. So that was in the fifties. So it's been a very uh, um, a very long established dairy farming business. Uh, we've now grown it to two hundred and fifty cows in milk, mm-hmm. and uh, we have also about 150 uh, young stock and some beef animals on the farm as well. Um, and we're producing organic milk since uh, the year 99. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quite a long time now. And um, it's, it, it, it is a business uh, that has been diversified, but it's also very much a way of life. And it's something that um, personally I can't imagine doing anything else. So, so, so what is it like to run a dairy farm? I mean, is it a good way to earn a living? It's a nice way of life. Uh, as for earning a living, it can be very problematic, depending on which end of the market you're in. If you're in um, the conventional market without a uh, reasonably good contract, it can be very problematic with the volatility in prices that we've seen over the past uh, eight to ten years. Um, people who have been spending a lot of time producing at a loss and then sometimes producing milk at a profit. And uh, I don't think that's a sustainable way for a business to uh, to keep going, really. So is that, is that a situation where where farmers are farming at a loss? Is that, is that caused by their cost of production being too high, perhaps not being scaled up enough? Or is that because the market just doesn't work properly? Or are there any other reasons? The market um, works, uh, supply and demand is the overriding factor in the market, but also the world market has an effect as well. So uh, when the world market is, uh, has got too much milk, um, the British market is almost uh, um, split in half. You've got the, uh, the milk that's required on a daily basis uh, for the fresh product. And then you've got uh, milk that can be produced more seasonally, which will then have to compete on world market uh, with for products like um, butter and cheese and various uh, powder products. Okay, so so what, what what could be done? Do you think to produce more stability of pricing in the dairy market? I think there'd be uh, what would be good is more transparency uh, between the uh, the industry, um, the processing industry, and the farmers as to what milk uh, companies want and what profile of supply throughout the year they want it produced. Because um, people who want 
uh, to compete in the cheese market probably want uh, a cheaper milk source or uh, or in the butter market and that can often they can get that from a seasonal supply but they've got to have the factory capacity to cope with that supply mm-hmm. whereas if you're producing um, yogurt or or liquid milks you need the milk every day and that's a much more expensive production system yeah so so we see lots of um, uh, press about um, you know wicked supermarkets abusing uh, dairy farmers and the, the milk processors um, uh, manipulating the market is that stuff and nonsense or is that real there has been some truth to that in the past but in the main i think the market does work um as as well as it can you've got some uh, dedicated supply groups to some of the supermarkets and they tend to pay them on a different uh, basis which is far more uh, stable and consistent so the farmers will not get the peaks and troughs of the uh, market but there again they shouldn't because they're actually not producing a market product um, like a uh, a cheese or a butter they're actually producing um, every day which is a much higher cost structure yeah. so the supermarkets that have done the uh, contract prices uh, for daily supplies um, they've done that to achieve the supply profile that they want I think the problem is that some of the farmers are still producing on the higher cost systems for a level supply but some of their markets are not willing to pay the extra premium so maybe there's some education to do amongst some of the farmers uh, to actually provide what the market wants when it wants it. Yeah, I, I completely understand. Is there a contract long enough generally to enable farms to do the right things in terms of investment for example? I think contract uh, length, I mean, it's something that's been very um, uh, deeply debated, certainly amongst the, um, the members of uh, Dairy UK, um, about what is the ideal contract. And there's, there's various um, different uh, codes of practice in place. Um, and some farmers would like a very short contract, so they're able to move very easily. And obviously, in a rising market, that would probably be the right thing to do. Uh, some farmers have experienced the downside of that where uh, the prices have fallen and they've been given a notice. So I think um, probably what most farmers would think is fair is probably coming out to a sort of six-month to 12-month contract. Yeah. But the ability to be able to leave um, at, at a price change uh, would be um, a, an advantage for them. Okay, thank you. And and this this kind of price volatility that exists in the market, does that create its own problems with regard to people exiting the dairy sector or then wanting to join the dairy sector and so on? You know, it, does supply, by its very nature, start to go up and down in relation to the It does, price? but it, 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 it's a very slow response time because um, you can't just pump the cow's tail harder and she produces more milk. So uh, it's a very slow process and you've actually got a, usually a sort of a, a three to four year lead time to actually increase supply because you actually need to bring more uh, young stock into the system. So you've got to start with calves. And uh, so, so you actually got to start with the mating of that cow to produce that calf. So that's your that's your sort of minimum three year lead time, really. Yeah. Uh, are dairy farmers leaving the sector? 
Uh, yes, dairy farmers are leaving the sector, but if you look at the long-term uh, profile, five to six percent of farmers have left pretty well every year for yeah. the last thirty plus years. Um, some years it's a little more, some years it's a little less. Yeah. There's obviously going to be natural uh, retirements and uh, farmers going out of business, um, especially with the with, with the volatility in prices that's happened uh, recently. Um, but I, I think long term, if you looked at 5%, that's probably the long term average. So it is going to become more milk produced by fewer and larger farmers. Okay. And on that subject, do, do you think our average kind of size of dairy farm in the UK is large enough to compete on the global scale for those markets that we need to compete for? For the um, for your sort of butter and cheese yeah, type markets, yeah. we've got farmers that uh, obviously we can grow grass very well in some parts of the UK that will give them an advantage. It will be a seasonal um, supply, but yes, they the, the, those farmers are very good uh, at producing milk um, uh, of the of a good standard and a good uh, well for an environmental standard um, and can compete with anyone in the world probably. Yeah. Okay. Um, and is the UK cost of production low enough to be competitive on a global scale? Uh, yes, there is that ability there. But the problem is uh, whether the processing uh, is geared up to actually handle the milk yeah. when it's the cheapest time to produce the milk. Yeah. Uh, I mean, often you come into May time and uh, there's, there's a little bit of a shortage of, of, uh, of capacity to actually process some of the milk. And obviously that is the cheapest time to produce milk. Yeah, okay. Um, and how easy is it for farmers to attract investment in the dairy sector? Fairly difficult. I mean, the banks have become far more rigorous in their uh, lending requirements. And in the old days, they would lend against an asset of a farm. So if you owned land, um, it was relatively easy to attract investment. Um, now you've actually got to show your business is uh, is making a profit and you're not just living off your um, assets. Yeah. And uh, that's where farmers are going to have a much more difficult time because the profit in the industry um, is not as good as it perhaps should be for a return on, on capital invested. Yeah, I, I understand. And, and uh, just talking about channels to market for a minute, um, I, I'm particularly interested, obviously, you're... You've got quite a diverse situation in your dairy here with organic um, uh, uh, dairy being produced. Well, what are the best channels for dairy markers to sell to and, 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 and how, well do, how, does, how well does those, do those different uh, channels to market play against each other for dairy farmers? I think a farmer needs to get quite close to their market so they actually have a good working relationship um, they know what their customer wants rather than what the market wants yeah. and they produce um, for that customer. Um, I mean, from my own experience here, obviously we're organic with the Organic Milk Suppliers Cooperative um, and, um, and the whole communication within that cooperative is all about um, producing uh, what the customers require and when they require it and the incentives 
um, are put in place to make sure that that's the case on uh, on supply and seasonality and on qualities and on having higher levels of uh, certain trace elements that the market actually requires. Is there much difference between the supermarkets and other channels? There is, yes. Uh, some of the some of our customers require completely different um, uh, specifications um, for various different specialist markets. Okay, so so for a dairy farmer, is that an attractive proposition or an unattractive one? I think it's it's more work. It's more hoops to jump through. But it, it does give you um, access to a market that should pay you overall a higher average price. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, will leaving the EU be a good thing for dairy farming? Do you think? Have you got a coin? Um, <laughs> I, I I think on that one, um, answering that without all the detail that's going to be required um, is very difficult. Uh, what I would say is uncertainty is never a good thing for business. And we've certainly got an awful lot of uncertainty at the moment that certainly in the short and medium term have got more downsides than upsides. Yeah. Uh, it, uh, how, how concerned are dairy farmers about the possible changes to subsidy, for example? I think people are worried about what will happen going forward. Um, some dairy farmers uh, rely on their subsidies or they would lose money uh, more often than not. Um, but, but I think the industry has actually got to um, work on the basis that what we're producing should have a market that can create enough of a profit mm. to be able to survive. That may not be pop, uh, popular to all farmers, but... If it was possible that the market was paying a fair price that uh, was actually covering costs and uh, reinvestment within the business, I think that's the long-term goal that far most people, including farmers, would actually um, respect. Mm. Okay, thank you. Um, do, do you think, changing the subject slightly, but being in the same sort of territory, do you think the NFU, the National Farmers Union, does a good job for dairy farmers? Uh, the NFU represents farmers, mm. so I don't think I don't think they do a bad job for dairy farmers. But but if you're representing um, cereal farmers and you're representing dairy farmers, everyone has different needs, and I don't think it's possible really to speak with one voice when mm. half of your farmers may want higher prices for something that would be to the detriment of the other half. Yeah. So on that, I would say they've got a very difficult job to do to actually represent the whole industry. I think the dairy side of the NFU does mm. a good job of representing dairy farmers, um, but maybe they have to compromise when they speak to the rest of yeah. the rest of the organisation. A very politic answer. <laughs> Thanks, Linda. Um, how much do you know about our world, you know, the food service and hospitality sector and, and, and what's important to us about dairy? Do, do you know anything at all? Do you have any connection with our world? I do know a little bit. I, I'm a director of the Organic Milk Suppliers Cooperative. I'm deputy mm -hmm. chairman and uh, we have 45 customers um, throughout the UK, Europe, um, America and even further overseas as well. And some of those customers would certainly be in your world. And some of those uh, customers are just wanting a, a product at the best price they can get it. 
um, but some are actually now looking at the future and asking about uh, welfare and inputs and the environment and lots of questions that obviously being organic farmers we're quite in a good place to answer. Um, so yes there is more um, more questions being asked but I'm not unhappy about that because where we are uh, we've already been asking those questions of ourselves and that's how we've become uh, organic farmers in the first place. Mm. So, so would you have any advice for caterers about their um, their dairy products, their milk, their cream, their butter, their cheese? I would say that they need to look at their longer-term sourcing and is it sustainable um, in uh, high supplies of milk and low supplies of milk mm. because where there's a lot of surplus milk around, it's very easy to get hold of. Where milk is short, then if you need a certain amount on a regular basis, you probably need to make sure that's fairly well tied up. Otherwise, yeah. you, you, you may struggle to get uh, the quantity you require on, on the days you want it. Yeah. Do you, think, do you think caterers do enough to differentiate their dairy products from each other? I think on a local basis, some do. Uh, but I would say the, the, the majority probably wouldn't have even looked at this yet. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. What, what, so what um, what does the future of dairy farming look like to you? Just getting in the sort of crystal ball and looking into the future. And and what can, de- can be done to make uh, the dairy sector better, in your view? I think it probably needs to... Um to polarise more than it is at the moment. So if you're um, uh, a, a company that uh, has got spare processing capacity and wants to get the, the most out of a, uh, a cheaper uh, product from farm um, and you've got the investment there to be able to do it and you're looking to export, then that is certainly one market that does have potential on many different sides. Uh, some of the specialist products are also uh, some of the specialist powders are also very much in demand on a, on a world scale. Yeah. Um, uh, the, the, the milk world is changing because fat was a dirty word. I mean, milk fat, but, but a fat was a dirty word um, a few years ago. Now, actually, it's not a dirty word at all. Actually, it's seen to be, um, certainly with our... Um, the American uh, customers that we deal with, mm. actually, fat is actually quite a sought-after commodity now. So, um, actually, sourcing milk of the right type and the right qualities is going to become more and more important to um, to, to, to people in the future. I think. Mm. That's very interesting. Thank you. Um, a, a, a couple of specifics just to close around um, uh, around product for caterers. Um, should caterers be thinking about organic milk more than they do? Oh, I think definitely, because it is a point of difference and a uh, something that is accepted as being a high welfare product. Um, there's many other advantages to organic milk besides that. But I think that uh, if you go into uh, coffee shops now, it's surprising how many coffee shops are actually saying that we're using organic milk uh, certainly, we use it in our own cafe on our own farm shop, yeah. and we have two uh, different milks in, a, in our own farm shop. We have a local milk from a local farm, so it's one single farm rather than a, a uh, 50 farms going into the same um, uh, bottle, yeah. and there's a market for that. And there's also a market for organic, which we also do, and that's usually our main uh, line is is the organic milk. 
Okay. And, and should we be worried about uh, traces of, uh, of things in milk, for antibiotics, for example? I would say definitely, yes. That's something that is going to become uh, more and more to the forefront. Um, milk has got to be, uh, and farmers have got to make sure that milk is the clean product that has got a great image and a great um, health story going forward. So anything that detracts from that is something that the whole industry, uh, including farmers, must take a really, really hard line on. Okay. Lyndon Edwards, thank you very much. If you're interested in knowing any more about dairy farming or feel that the dairy supply chain is affecting your business, then please do feel free to get in touch. My email address is stuart.reed at prestige-purchasing.com. That is s-t-u-a-r-t dot r-e-a-d at prestige-purchasing.com. And don't forget to sign up for our news bites if you haven't done so already. You can do that at our website, which is www.prestige-purchasing.com. Um, thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time.